If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. So welcome to the podcast tonight, Emily. In this special bonus episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, And Emily is not a solo mum by choice, but she is a wonderful woman who is an embryo donor. So I thought, Emily, we could start with just learning a little bit more about yourself and why you decided to donate embryos. Thanks, Felicia, for having me. Um, Well, Dylan and I met about 10 years ago and we started trying for a baby fairly quickly within the sort of after about 12 months. And I realised very quickly that um, I was not going to get pregnant because I was not having regular cycles. So we went straight to the IVF clinic, skipped the doctor um, and went straight into some Clomid, which didn't work. And then I was found to have PCOS. Yeah. I had really severe PCOS. I had over 60 follicles on each of my ovaries. Wow. And they realised that, yeah, it was bad. So they realised that ovulation induction was not going to work. So we headed straight to IVF. Um, our first collection we got, four eggs and two embryos and neither of them worked and our second collection we got 26 eggs and 24 embryos out of that wow it was a lot I was it was a lot I was 22 at the time so I was quite young yeah um and we started transferring those embryos and one after one we were getting positive pregnancy tests and really low HCG, Mm. none of them were resulting in a pregnancy. So then we went to transferring two at a time, and the same thing happened. It's a positive pregnancy test, Um, all of them positive HCG but very low, and um, all very early miscarriages. Mm. So after a couple of years, we got pregnant again from the IVF and that baby did stick around for 10 weeks Um, but then we realised the baby wasn't growing Mm. so we yeah it was very sad we had a DNC and found out the baby had a chromosome abnormality yeah so after that we went back did some more transfers I think we ended up using 18, 16, maybe 16. We ended up with six left at that point and um, we decided we were going to take a little break. At that yeah. stage, we'd been going through it for years. Oh, and that's really hard on your relationship cycles. too. It was very tricky because I think it was kind of, Dylan always put it down to being like, it was like gambling. It was like next time maybe will be the time. Um, and so we just kept going and going and going and just hoping that the next time was going to work. And then Dylan does triathlons. So he got um, offered a spot in America to do a world championship. And oh, wow. it was 
a week. Yeah, which is awesome. But it was a week after I was booked in to have an embryo scraped or a, a uterus scraped so then we could put the next lot of embryos in. And it was right at the time that I was tested for MTHFR, I think that's a gene, mm-hmm. and I tested positive for that. Um, our embryologist was trying to work out and my specialist was trying to work out why I kept getting pregnant but losing, you know, HCG very early on that we did, you know, the first few days. Um, so they put me on some special medication for that. I cancelled our embryo scrape because we were going overseas and I thought, well, when we get back, I'll just do it when we get back. I want to make sure everything's perfect. We went to America and a week or two later I found out I was pregnant. Wow. In America. Yeah. I didn't know or didn't think I was going to get pregnant. We just went to Walmart over there and they had extremely cheap pregnancy tests. (laughs) <laughs> so we basically bought an entire basket full of all these digital tests thinking when we come back, they're so cheap, we'll, you know, need them all. And in our hotel room, I said, oh, I'm just going to take one. You know, I know I'm not pregnant. And I took one and it was positive and I had no idea until I got that positive test. I thought there's something wrong with these American pregnancy tests because there's no possible way I got pregnant naturally. Yeah. And... I did. Um, wow. And that turned out to be our son, Oscar, who's five and a half now. Yeah. And when I went for my first scan with Oscar, they realised that my PCOS had completely cleared up. I had no PCOS anymore. All my wow. ovaries were completely back to normal, which they could only put down to maybe my egg collection. Mm-hmm. Um, getting so many eggs and then somehow it kick-started my body back into a normal rhythm. Wow. So I probably didn't need all of those um, embryo transfers. And so at that point we still had six embryos left and we weren't sure when we were going to have another baby or what we were going to do. But then a couple of years later when Oscar was about two or just over two, I got pregnant again, actually. Wow. And as soon as I got pregnant, I rang Monash and I said, how do I donate these embryos? What are we going <laughs> to do with them? I know I don't need them anymore. Um, and Dylan and I had spoken quite a lot about it about embryo donation because we figured when we had that big egg collection and had all those embryos, it was going to be, it was going to come up at some point. Yeah. So it was something we had spoken about for quite a few years about what would we do with them? If we had any left over, we were given three options, um, get rid of them, uh, donate them to science or give them to someone. Yeah. And originally we were sort of thinking to donate them to science, you know, maybe someone, some doctors could use them. And then that wasn't an option. For some reason they said, we've got enough embryos for science. We don't need them. We're not going, we can't take them. So yeah. you've got two options now. Yeah, which was very strange. They said, no, yeah. we don't need any. Um, okay. We're fine. So now you can discard them or donate them. And we were very quick to make that decision that we were going to donate them. And I was pretty early pregnant. I would say I was only maybe about 12 weeks when I was really seriously looking into what to do with them. Yeah. And I rang our clinic and I said, what do I do? I've got these embryos. I don't want them anymore. I don't want to keep paying for them. Even if for some reason something happens with this baby, I still don't want them. Um, I know I can get pregnant naturally now. I know I have no fertility issues. And the only option they gave me was through their clinic to donate them anonymously, which okay. I was not a fan of. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I wasn't a fan of them is because I 
I feel like I'm the type of person that would constantly be looking at other kids and going, is that the child? Like, was that the child? Or what if they went to my kid's school? Or what if my kid, you know, that was his girlfriend in the future? Yeah. And I just wanted to know where they went and who had a baby from them. And I couldn't get any of that information from the clinic. So they did suggest to find someone myself and suggested that I could go online, there's a few Facebook groups, have a look online, see if you find anyone. And when you find someone, come back. Okay. So I went away. I looked up all these groups. I spent a lot of time online Googling and trying to work out, I guess, if it's something that we were going to do with like could we find the right person and what type of person or people did we want to donate to and we had a lot of discussions about it about you know do we have any requirements is that like a thing we realized that we didn't we just wanted someone that or a couple or a single person or just anyone that we had a connection with yeah we knew that we wanted an ongoing relationship with them and we didn't want we knew we didn't want to be like in their pocket and you know over the top we just wanted to know who they are who the child is and so if anything came up in the future we were always going to be open that they could contact us and if we formed a friendship or anything more than that that would be great but we we really wanted to know who they were so the relationship was probably the most important thing for us. Yeah. So and so yeah, we went on these groups. I searched a whole bunch of profiles. I did find someone first. I had a bit of conversation with them and I realized very quickly that that was not someone I wanted to pursue and not because there was anything wrong with it was a couple, it was nothing wrong with them. I just felt the communication wasn't there mm-hmm. and I thought they were probably going to ghost me in the future, maybe when they had a baby. And so that was really difficult to then have to say it's probably not going to work. So when you're and on I these... Think I need um, to find someone else. So when you're on these Facebook groups, have they like put almost an ad up saying who they are and what they're looking for with an embryo donation situation. Yeah, basically. So when I joined, I got a message basically immediately saying, like, who are you? Do you want, are you looking for eggs? Are you looking to donate? And I said, you know, we had embryos to donate. And they said, do not put an ad up because you will be absolutely bombarded. Wait for people to put up their profiles and then message people who you think you may be interested in. Mm -hmm. So we did message someone and I just didn't it just didn't feel right and I felt absolutely awful saying I don't think this is the right fit but I knew it had to be done because I knew this was going to be like for the rest of our life we're going to have this person somewhat in our life and it has to be the right person so I went back to scrolling through profiles after profiles and then I came across a profile and I instantly knew this was our girl. Yeah. I read it and I saw her photos and I ran to Dylan and I was like, look at this girl. This is what she does. Um, she just looked so happy. She had these photos of her smiling. And I don't know, I just could really picture her with a baby. And I thought she just looks like such a nice person. She just looks so nice and happy. And I just thought she's not going to ghost us. Like she looks so <laughs> nice. So I messaged her and was like, are you still looking for embryos? And she wrote back basically immediately and was like, absolutely, yes, I am. This is my story and why I need them. And basically the second she wrote back, I felt like I needed to impress her and be like, these are the best embryos. Like, please pick us. Whereas I'm sure she's. The same way where she was like, oh, God, I hope they give them to me. But I was yeah. like, oh, God, I hope she wants our embryos. 
because we really want her. So we spoke for quite a while. We met up. She lives um, about an hour and a half, two hours away from us. Okay. So we felt like that was close but not too close where I, I just guess I never wanted her to feel like we were always there. Yeah. That we were available if she wanted us, but at the end of the day, this is her baby and I don't want her to ever feel like we're living in her pockets or we're too close. Yeah. So I thought there was enough distance where we could still regularly catch up if we wanted to, but we weren't in the same town and we weren't going to see each other at the shops every five minutes. Yeah. So we caught up and... Dylan really loved her and our kids met her. One, I was pregnant with the second one still. Mm, yeah. And I went back to my clinic and I said, listen, I found this girl. Um, she's a solo mom. How do we go about it? And at the time, a lot of people who donated embryos, the rule was you had to wait till your youngest child was one. Oh, okay. And so initially when I went back to the and I think it's just in case you change your mind in the future that maybe you do need them yeah, and you're not enough. taking them back from someone. So initially our clinic was like, no, no, you have to wait. And I was like, no, no, we've had this discussion. I don't have to wait. But I ended up having to put, I guess, like an application to the medical board to say why I don't need them yeah. and that now – I have no fertility infertility issues and why I need to donate them now, basically. I guess that's probably quite a different situation to most people who would have leftover embryos that they probably got pregnant with some of the embryos from the batch rather than you got pregnant naturally both times. So there's kind of different circumstances, I guess. Exactly. And because yeah. none of them, yes, none of my embryos result, resulted in a baby for me. Mm. So... I knew I didn't need them. And both times when I fell pregnant naturally, that was my only, I, I didn't fall pregnant and miscarry like I did with the embryos. I fell pregnant and stayed pregnant both times. So it did go to, I guess, a medical review to wait to see if I could donate as soon as I gave birth, basically, and start the process now. Yeah. So... They came back and said, yes, right. my fertility specialist had to, I think, write a letter to say that I don't have any infertility issues. He doesn't need them. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Then we, when my daughter was born, I emailed them, I think, the next day and I was like, <laughs> okay, let's start the counselling. <laughs> <laughs> I was extremely keen. I wanted to see this lady become a mum. I was like, let's go. Um, and we did our first sort of counselling, which was just Dylan and I and the counsellor when Letty was two months old. Yeah. And then we had to do a group counselling when she was three months old. And it was really good. I guess because we had those months before the counselling to talk and meet up and discuss everything and I felt like Dylan and I had gone through every scenario just to get between the two of us. Yeah. So we knew what, we knew the answers to all the questions already that they were going to have. So when we did the group counselling and because we'd had so much conversation before, it went so smoothly because we both were already on the same page and we were already on the same page with um, our recipient. So was, it was Was Dylan easy. always on the same page or did you have to talk him around in the start or was he pretty adamant from the beginning as well that he wanted to donate them? No, he was really good. He, I said, you know, I think we should donate them. This is why. And he was basically just like, yeah, sure, I think it's great. If someone needs to have a baby and they can't have one, if we've got them to help them, let's do it. 
that he never needed any convincing. He was awesome. He was more like, how do we find someone? I'll leave that up to you. You find someone and let me know if you think, you know, I trust your judgment and if you think that they're the right person or they're the right family, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was really good the entire time. I think he knew why we were doing it and was 100% on board and he had to do the counselling as well. So he was, I guess, involved in all the questions and them asking the hard questions where he had to answer some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nothing that came up that was unexpected we were always on the same page so we did our counseling and is a lot of that counseling more about how you deal with different situations in the future if there is a resulting child and how you'll kind of manage that is that what it was about yeah it was mainly about I guess what would you want the child to reflect you at like refer to you as and do you have any um expectations on future contact and you know future like how do you see the relationship going in the future are you just going to give the embryos and then you don't want anything to do with them Mm -hmm. or like how often are you expecting contact and they did go into quite a lot of detail about you know are you going to tell your, your children about donating your embryos and what is she going to tell her child about us? And I think because we were looking for that open communication at the start, we told our son was three at the time, so he was very little, but we had said to him, this is our friend and her name and she wants to have a baby and we're going to help him have a baby. And we just tried to expose him to it very early on. And yep. then as he's gotten older, we've said, you know, our friend who was wanted to have a baby, well, now she has a baby and um, this is her baby's name. And, you know, we might we'll go see them if you want to meet the baby. And it's kind of just he knows we help someone have a baby, but he's not that interested yet really and he's not really old enough to sort of ask questions we've always been very open with not just him but like our friendship group and our families we told them the whole way along you know we're going to donate our embryos who it's to you know show them every now and then a photo of the child um and yeah so I think the relationship was important to both of us um, as in our recipient and us, and we were always on the same page where we wanted to maintain contact. Hopefully it turned into a friendship and it did. Yeah. And, we'll, you know, we'll catch up every now and then and she'll be honest and explain to her child where her child came from and we'll explain to our children how we helped her have her baby and, yeah, and then sort of any other decisions or anything that comes up, we'll talk to each other and work it out between us. So we did our counselling, which was great, and then she got the embryos and went off and used the embryos and ended up with a baby with the second embryo, which was amazing. Right. So she has a baby now. And so she still has the four other embryos to use or keep at the moment until she decides what she's going to do with them, whether she wants to use them again or um, if she doesn't, then it she goes back to Dylan and I. So we have the decision of at that point whether we discard them or look for a, another family. And that's something... And if that happens, we will include her on that decision right. because it's not just that child is related to her child now. So I think it's something that we would discuss, all three of us, on what we want to do with those embryos. I personally would love 
to donate them again and have another close relationship with another solo mum. So then she has someone else as well. But Dylan is probably more on the opposite side where he doesn't feel that need to donate them again like he did that first time. Um, so I guess if that comes around and if she doesn't use them, something at that point we'll have that discussion on all three of us of what to do with them and gauge how she feels about potentially someone else using them um, or whether, like, I don't care if she, if she has to pay for the storage at the moment so I don't care if she gets them there for the next 10 years and then there's no, I don't want any, if she said to me, I don't want anyone else to use them. I don't feel comfortable having another family out there. I would be like, okay, that's decision done. Um, we we won't donate them. So yeah, so we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it, I guess. So going into it, you weren't adamant that you wanted a solo mum, you were a solo mum or partner, couple, but now if that eventuated, you'd be looking for another solo mum again. What do you think has uh, driven that thought? I think because we have had such a great relationship with our current solo mum. And I, after talking to our clinic when we were going through the donation process and I mentioned, you know, we found a lady and she's a solo mum, they expressed to me how hard it was for solo mums to get embryos. Like it's always extremely hard to get embryos as it is, but most people when they donate embryos as a known donation, they don't really donate to solo mums. And I just thought that was really sad because if I was single and didn't have kids, it would break my heart to know that someone didn't choose me because I'm on my own Mm. and I can understand that some people have, I guess, reservations about, you know, what happens if something happens to them, but that could happen when you're in a couple as well. Yeah. So I just thought it was so sad that they don't get looked at as often as they should and mainly people are looking for a couple that don't have any kids. Um, and that's the type of family they want to donate to and that's the most common family people are looking for. So when I was joining all these Facebook groups, I just saw so many solo mums just saying, you know, no one's giving us a chance. We really, I really want to have a baby and basically I can't use my own eggs. I need embryos or I need eggs and sperm. And, yeah, it was just so sad to see it all and I thought and I see our now friend who has her baby and I think she's such a good mom and it would make me really sad to think that if no one gave her that chance yeah so I think that if it happened again and we did find someone else I think I would definitely be really looking for another solo mom and I also think in an ideal world if everything went perfect again and we we chose to donate them again and we found another solo mum that it would be great that they would be friends yeah. um, and, you know, can support each other as well because, yeah, so I don't know. We don't know if we're going to get to that point <laughs> yet or not, but, um, yeah, if we do, I definitely think I would be more leaning towards looking at the solo mum profiles before I started considering anything else. Well, hopefully there's other people out there who are thinking about donating embryos that will listen to your story and you convince them as well to open up the pool a bit more. I hope so. It has been such a great experience for us and it's been everything that we've hoped for and more because we now we have this great friendship and I see this little baby and think, oh, it's so great that she's here and she's got such a fantastic mom and such a fantastic family around her. So it would just be really sad if we if we didn't don't if we didn't donate them and she wasn't here yeah and so when you met the baby how did you feel 
meeting her or seeing her for the first time, knowing that that's your your full genetic child? I did think I was going to feel, well, I was a little bit nervous going into it, mm-hmm. but, and both our children look very much like each other. And so I expected, even after seeing the photos of her baby, thinking, oh, that baby doesn't look like my kids did. Um, but I thought I definitely still see some similarities when I meet the baby because you, you see them in person. And when we met the baby, I was like, you don't look like us. <laughs> like you don't look like your mum. You don't look anything like my children. And so you kind of, if she looks like anyone, she kind of looks like my niece. But. It's so strange, but I actually see, I actually feel like she looks so much like her mum and I just don't see very many, if any, similarities to us or my children. Mm. So it is a bit of a strange thing because she does look so much like her mum. So I guess I didn't feel that weird connection going, oh, my God, you look just like my children. And I never had that feeling like, you could have been mine because I knew when I got pregnant with Letty, I was done. Like there was, there was no, like our family was finished and there was absolutely no consideration for a third child. So I knew that that baby had to go to someone someone else because I just didn't have, I just couldn't do I just couldn't do a third baby. So I think because I felt so strongly on not having another child as well as her not looking like us, that it just didn't, I didn't have any of that emotional, like what if she was in our family? Like I'd never thought of that. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people do ask us like or say to us, that could have been, like that could have been your child. And I just think, no, it could, it wasn't ever mm. going to be. Like, I guess in a sense it could have been if we used those embryos, but, like, she is where she's meant to be and that is her family with her mum. Yeah. So I don't, I've never thought, I think more other people get strange about it more than we do, and I think a lot of people don't understand how we're so just okay with it and we don't question it and we don't think it's weird Mm. but a lot of other people do find it very strange but we just I don't know we just don't find it strange at all you've also talked about it for years and years to make that decision and you've been through all the counseling and everything else and obviously in a really good headspace to even consider doing it which most people could probably never get themselves into so yeah, I think it was, for us, it was a very easy decision. But I know for a lot of people, it's not an easy decision. And it does take a lot a lot of time to think about and to decide if that is the right process for you. And I think if you're not 100% sure, don't do it. Yeah. If you are 100% sure that you don't want any more children and you just can't possibly discard them. I guess there is a lot of other options now. I have donated and I've joined all these groups and I know some people do or you can take the embryos home and plant them or you can have what's called a compassionate transfer so they do transfer the embryos into you but at a time where you can't or you're very unlikely to get pregnant for people that don't feel like they can discard of them or just thaw them and don't want to use them themselves but also don't want to donate them so I guess we never knew about those options at the time not saying I don't think we would have used those options anyway but I guess there are now a few more options of what you can do with them if you don't feel like donating them but also don't want to just get rid of them yeah and so setting this up you obviously went back to the clinic and went through them because there's no other way to transfer an embryo is there did you end up getting legal advice or any sort of contract or anything in place with the recipient? 
No, we never sought our own separate legal advice. We did speak to the clinic about is that something that we need to do? And they said no because when as soon as the baby's born, because I guess one of my questions was what happens if something happens to Dylan and I? Does that mean that because that does that baby get entitled to anything of ours? Like how does that work? I don't want to get 50 years down the track and then, you know, there's an issue. But they explained to us that all their paperwork and everything is, I guess, a contract. You don't need to do anything else as far as I know. And that child is hers and it has no grounds to, I guess, request anything in the future or um, I guess I think there's some information on her birth certificate that says or something that says that there's more information and she can find out when she's 18 who we are, which was fine because we had planned for her to know since she was born anyway. So that is probably the only thing is they did say, you know, you have, we will provide you details when she does become 18. So at that point, if you didn't have any contact with her, she could come and find you, which which was fine because we had, we have always planned to be very open and I don't think she will grow up knowing any different than who we are and just like our kids won't grow up any different knowing, like not knowing who she is. Yeah, I guess you just completed the paperwork for anonymous slash ID release donation that the clinic would do. So kind of covers all scenarios, which is exactly which is good. Protects everybody involved. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And the clinic said then it's sort of just up to us if we form a relationship outside of that. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was in the counselling they did go through, you know, there could be a possibility that after an, Unlikely, but, you know, there could be a possibility that she could change her mind and say, I don't want any relationship once she got pregnant or once she had a baby or once she got the embryos. Um, But I think at that point we'd build up such a good friendship that we knew that wasn't going to happen. But that is something that they do go through on the counselling with you that that could happen and it has happened before where someone has got pregnant and then changed their mind and said, actually, no, this friendship or this, is it going to work for me? Um, so it was something that we we did have to think about. But at the end of the day, we decided that even if that did happen, we know who she is. Yeah. And so if our children come home with a girlfriend in the future or boyfriend or anything like that, we know we know who the parent is. Yeah. <laughs> if that child has that parent, we know. That, It'll be interrogated. Um, <laughs> Yes, exactly. We know who she is. So that it's unlikely that it would happen, but at least we know who she is. And we would be told if she had a baby, if for some crazy reason she goes to us, the clinic would tell us she had a baby, what month the baby was born, if the baby had any issues and the gender. So we would have a rough idea on on what happened anyway. Yeah, and I guess that was the gut feel that you had with that first couple that you were talking to, potentially they would do that. So, yeah, it's probably. Yeah, not- absolutely. Yeah. And I just, yeah, and I just said to my friends, oh, I don't know what to do. Like I don't want to let them down. What if this is their only opportunity to have a baby? I don't know. And one of my friends said to me, you can't go the rest of your life and do this if you potentially could regret it. When you find someone you will just know. And I was like, oh, will I though? And then when I found her, I just I just knew instantly. I just knew this this was the right person. And I don't know, maybe it was just her photo, which is so silly to think of because I've gone through hundreds of photos. For some reason, her whole ad, I guess you could call it, just completely stood out. And I was like, you're right, this is, this is the person. Do you know if she'd been on that site for a while? Like had she pursued it with anybody else and just not got anywhere or just thinking if other people are, are putting themselves out yeah. there, what they can kind of expect? Yeah, she had been on there a little while. She had another um, failed, I guess, I don't know what they call it, like embryo adoption or whatever. I don't know what they call it. Um, 
she did go down the process with someone else who um, changed their mind mm-hmm. basically right at the end. So she okay, did no. go in it quite cautious, which I completely understood that she was very cautious. Um, but I think I had probably been up there maybe a week or two or something like that when I saw it. Yeah. It wasn't up there very long. Um, I can't remember how long it was up there, but it wasn't up there long at all. And then I just messaged her saying, yeah, are you still interested? Like, do you still need them? So, yeah, she did go in quite cautiously, which was great. And I do feel sometimes that I was like, please pick us. Like, I know you're cautious, but we won't do that. But it's very hard to tell someone, like, we're 100% when she had been told that before and then got to the end and they'd changed their mind. So I think I knew we were 100%. So it was just, yeah, trying to make sure that she knew that we had thought of everything. Um, And she did ask us a lot of questions about, like, have you thought about this or what do you think about this? And we were just on the same page from the beginning, which was super important. And have you thought about what you want to be referred to as by the children or child? I think we're just going to go by names. Yeah. Um, just be like, this is Oscar and Lydia and Emily and Dylan and, you know, they're our friends who help me have a baby and that's sort of what we refer to her and her child as with our kids. We just say this is our friend and this is her baby and this is her baby's name. And we help them have her baby. And then as our children get older, we'll explain into more detail about, like, how we helped her have a baby. Um, And there has been, like, a few funny things with our son so far. He doesn't quite understand. He did say to one of his um, teachers at daycare who was babysitting him at our house one day, my daddy put a baby in another girl's tummy <laughs> and didn't quite get the my mum helped too. And she said, oh, um, she said, Dylan put a baby in a girl's tummy. And, she, and I was like, well, that's correct, but also not correct. We thought he was just making it up completely. Yeah. didn't think there was any truth to it. But then I had to say, well, there kind of is some truth to it but this is why and she just thought it was hilarious and she still talks about it to this day about I said oh god he's never said it to anyone else but like please you cannot say that (laughs) your daddy's put the baby in someone else's tummy you cannot tell people that (laughs) people will be really worried oh dear (laughs) so we sort of after that we did have to just explain a little bit further about how that worked and how we had like a little egg and we gave her the little egg and then it was a bit of mummy and a bit of daddy and then it went in her tummy and then now it's healthy um but he doesn't really ask many questions she bought him this book that he's still obsessed with it's like a find it book and every time he has a book I'll be like well do you remember when she bought you this and he'll be like yeah she bought me this when she came to our house it was for Christmas it was for my birthday I can't remember what it was for um, I think it was Christmas. He's like, you bought this for me for Christmas. And she came to our house and she was sitting on our couch. And I was like, and she's the one that's got the baby now. So we just sort of try and incorporate it into everyday conversation. And Dylan and I will talk about her in front of the kids and say, you know, what do you think about catching up with her on this time or this day? Um, yeah, so we will probably catch up in about two weeks we were going to catch up today but it didn't quite work out um so we'll probably catch up in about two weeks when we're in melbourne next and yeah see a baby we haven't seen her in a couple of months we've just been so busy and just haven't had time to get up there so we'll try and go up there in the next couple of weeks and see her again and yeah we talk most days or every few days yeah, we talk a lot. Um, I think I, I'm i just so busy, so I I probably suck at responding a lot. <laughs> um, there's nothing against her. That's all my friends. I suck at responding to everyone. Yep. So, yeah, we talk all the time. Um, she knows I'm doing the podcast and we've spoken about, you know, is there anything that's off limits or nothing? And she was she's very open. She said, say anything you want. <laughs> and... 
Yeah, so we're really open. Like she'll tell me things that her baby's doing and I'll be like, oh, my kids did this today or what are you doing this week? We just always have just general conversation um, about everything in our lives basically. Is that the relationship you thought you would get when you went into it or is it just a, a nice bonus that's come? Yeah, I think I went into it hoping that is what I would get. But knowing that it's probably not what I would get, I probably would get a message every few months or, you know, catch up once a year. And I try to set low expectations because I didn't want to get upset if I had this ideal relationship and it didn't actually pan out. So I was really hoping for like catch up every you know, year or so and at least your Facebook friends and, you know, be able to see some photos every now and then and anything more than that was a bonus. But I was also prepared that it might turn into no relationship mm. and I had to be okay with that too. And we were, and I think as we knew that as long as we knew who she was, that was the bare minimum and anything else from that is good. But I think it's turned a lot we've got a much better relationship than I ever thought we would and I am so lucky for that I'm so grateful and it's that relationship is really really important to me to maintain even though I suck at messaging a lot but it is very very important to me to maintain that relationship with her and then I guess as a child gets older maintain a relationship between our children and her child or potentially future children if she chooses to have more children and maintain that relationship between our kids as well. And so you're obviously really open with everyone that this is something you've done. Have you had any strange reactions from family or friends regarding it? Not really. I think at the start a few friends couldn't quite wrap their head around why we would do it all, I guess, they had expected that once a baby was born that we might have regret. Yeah. Um, but our family was really supportive. They just said, if this is what you want to do, go for it. Um, they, you know, will show them photos every now and then, but they're not completely invested like we are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, all of our friends have been super supportive. Um, They'll ask about, my close friends will ask about her every so often and just say, have you heard from her or have you caught up? But, yeah, I think everyone, there was, like, a few people that have said, you know, I could never do that. Like, I could never give my baby away. And I'm like, okay, I can understand how you think it's like that. To us, we never felt like we were giving a baby away or we were giving our baby away. That was never our thought process. But if that is your thought process, you definitely couldn't do that. So I like I get that. But we that was not how we saw it. And what do your parents think? Did they think of it as being like their grandchild that's out there that they want a relationship with or they completely understand as well? No, no, neither of our parents have spoken about having any relationship with the child like we do show them photos and say you know if this is her baby um and sometimes I say oh she looks like Oscar she looks like Liddy and you know don't you notice this feature looks a little bit similar which I don't can't notice any of it yeah. um because I don't think she looks like our children but um no no one's really said anything and so if anyone is out there that has embryos that is considering whether embryo donation could be a path that they could look at is there any advice you'd give them I would say just really look into it and make sure that it's definitely something you really want to do there are a lot of groups there's groups about um there's a few groups on Facebook about donor conceived children who have now grown up and how they feel about their donor conception and I sort of went right into all of that before I donated to be I guess see how I felt like the child, like try and sort of imagine how the child might grow up and perceive how she was born. 
yeah and that family dynamic and um I think once I sort of saw all that I realized that's why I wasn't going like a relationship was very important to us but I would say yeah I think speak to a lot of people speak to your clinic and if it is something that you really want to do we absolutely loved it and can't say more positive things about it so you know you could be helping someone have a baby that potentially may never get that opportunity to have one otherwise and I'll put the little plug in and say pick solo woman all the time no (laughs) yes yeah exactly exactly and I think it's a bit easier because you've only got one person to deal with um just you don't have to relate form a relationship with two people you're only forming a relationship with one person and it just seems a lot easier it is like what if the partnership broke up and then you've got that drama to deal with as well so solo mums all the way absolutely 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 and I feel like solo mums too they've thought about it so much longer and they've really thought about it um really in depth about how it's going to work especially if they're going to do it on their own they've thought about like the family support and how am I going to go back to work or how many children do I want? It's not going to be like, oh, maybe two, maybe three. They're like really set on I know exactly what I want yep. and how I'm going to do it. And so they've kind of already got all the answers to all the questions already. This it will just make it easier for you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Emily. I really hope it inspires maybe some other couples out there that have embryos that are wondering what to do with them too to help some other people create a family. So thank you so much for your generosity of sharing. No, that's okay. Thanks for having me. I'm Alicia and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.